0: do we serve an incredible God? It's so beautiful. God always has the ability to go right where we are. I appreciate that he went right where the pastor was many years ago. I appreciate how he's spoken into all of our lives, him even being here today to touch us fresh and anew. He always knows what to say at the right time. He always knows the right instruction to give. He's just incredible. He's, he's amazing. He's God, and he's so wonderful. I want to share with you today uh, kind of uh, continuing or putting a capstone on our vision series, and I'm conscious that it's Pastor Appreciation Day, and we've got a lot to cover. But the scripture I want to read is Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2, one that we've been sharing often here recently. It says this, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. Let's ask for God to bless the word today. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for your presence that we feel here today. You're so incredible, God, that you love us enough. That you're not far away somewhere out of our out of our reach. But God, I thank you. God, that you reach to us, that you speak to us where we are, that you touch our hearts. God, you minister to us, and we thank you and praise you. God, we pray that this moment is a moment, Lord, where we hear you speak, not, not the preacher, not the crowd around us, but, God, we pray that you would speak and we would hear your words. We thank you for our pastor. God, that's your mouthpiece to this congregation. We appreciate you and honor you, and thank you for the man that would step up and answer the call. God, we pray you specially bless him today. Just be with us, Lord, as we seek to honor you and love you, Lord, in Jesus' name, Amen, and Amen. You can be seated. I do want to remind you? I am conscious of the of the time where we are almost out of time. Uh, directly after our service, our time here together. We are going to go back in the gym for some light refreshments, some finger foods and things. You'll be able to meet and talk with the pastor and thank him personally. And uh, we, there is not service tonight, but there is service tonight for a mix. Our young adult folks will be meeting here at 6 o'clock. So you can linger a little extra this morning, you know. That's a joke. But anyhow, you're going linger a little extra this morning. If I take five minutes from you now, you just add it on to the end of your uh, fellowship back in the gym. But anyhow, we want to get right to the word. I, like I said, I am conscious that today is Pastor Appreciation. But I also I have a word that I want to bring that I believe the Lord's led me in, and I want to tie this all together. And uh, so let's get to it. Stop wasting time. Come on, Pastor, get with it. That this is me talking to me. Anyhow, this week I. I sat down in the last few days and I began to think about Pastor Appreciation Day and what, what we would preach about and what we talk about. And the Lord kind of took me on a quick journey and He spoke to me in a different way than, than what I uh, thought. And He brought it back around to me. But, but I sat down in my office just a few days ago and the Lord spoke to me very honestly and very openly. And He said this, He said, You can live where I live. And uh, I was so touched by that, because God, God is so amazing and so incredible, and He spoke to me about, you know, what this relationship with Him can look like. He said, you can live where I live, and, and what He meant by that is, and, and explain it to you, what He meant by that was, there's a way that I can live close to Him, and we believe that we can live in His presence and we can have fellowship with Him. And that was the point that, that God was making to me, and He expounded on that just a little bit. He said, it's not, you, you can live where I live, but you can't get there carelessly. You can't be lazy and expect to live and have a relationship with me that's alive. He said, you can't put priorities on everything else and be busy running in circles and expect to have this, this experience that you live where I live. They said, you have to be intentional. You have to make a concerted effort that your priorities are him first. And let everything kind of fall in place where it needs to. They spoke that into my heart. And, uh, you know, it's kind of just casual conversation, in a sense, with me and him. And I just said, you know, how, how, how do I, how do I do that? And he spoke back to me, and he tied it to where we are right now, and he said, you have to follow my direction. If we, kind of expounding on that, is a priority in our life, Christian folks, is to know him, number one, that he's our passion, that he's our desire, that he is priority, number one. And that when we find him, and when we learn of him, and when he directs us, that we do our very best to execute on his direction. That we do our best, and, and and for the sake of this message, I want to talk about running. When you run, you can run at a slow pace, or you can run at a fast pace. I told people in the first service, when I was in junior high and high school, I had to run the mile. You know, you run around the track four times, as quick as you can. And I was the third fastest in my class, huffing and... Uh, the whole way. I tried to beat, uh, there was a girl that was, I tried to beat her right at the end, you know, she got ahead of me. And uh, I think she was a track star or something, I don't know. But anyhow, I was, I was the third fastest in my class, you know, went as hard as I could. And I weighed uh, 220 pounds or something like that, I don't know. But anyhow, I went as fast as I could and, and I was the third fastest in the class. Later on, I figured out that I think I only ran around the track three times instead of four, but but uh, there's a difference. You could say, well, I'm running, but running can mean different things. And what the Lord was speaking to me about, about seeking him and running after him was at my best. At my best of seeking to know him and seeking to do what he says and follow the, the direction for my life. At the edge of that, at the very best that I can, that's where he lives. He lives in his direction. He lives in a place where He is everything to us. Scripture says this in Jeremiah 29 and 13, it says, And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. He is found when we run to know Him and do what He says. John 14 and 15 says this, If you love me, keep my commandments. There's an obedience to things, and it's not just, it's not just, hey, thou shalt not. Of course, that's part of it, but it's, go, do this, live this way, act this way, move now, I'm calling you to this. Sometimes we can move in slow obedience, or we cannot move at all because we're just busy and, and we're just not thinking about that. But He's calling us to live for Him. And that we can live in such a way and, and, and respond to Him. Now, I know God is grace. I know He's awesome and merciful, But if we want to know him, he's calling us to run. And at the edge of our running, the best, you know, to seek after him, he lives there. And we can have a relationship with him where he's alive. And he's not just a thought or he's not just our attendance on Sunday, but he's real and powerful. And he shows up and moves and works and convicts us and touches us and changes us and changes the world around us. Yes, the God that we've all talked about, you can know him. You can experience him and have him for real in your life. It takes me back. He, said, he told me, follow my instruction. It takes me back to where we've been when we talk about the vision of our church. And, and let's talk about this. If you will, please repeat it with me. Now, I told the first service that every, every week when we read this, I always hesitate. And I know it's because everybody thinks I don't know it. I do know it. But I get so worried about messing it up that every week I, you know, and I fumble over it. But at Stratford Heights, we exist to embrace God, connect with one another, pursue growth, and serve the world. That's who we are. And I got to thinking about this, and, and, and I want you to know that uh, it's kind of like there's such peace in knowing who you are. Everybody always asks themselves the question, you know, philosophically in life, they say, who am I? You know, it's one of those questions that we ask. And it's so awesome as Christians to get into the Word of God and have Him speak to us and show us who we are, to know who we are and be able to say, yes, this is who I am, an identity that we can go back to. That's beautiful and wonderful. We've all asked those questions, and it's beautiful to discover that. Our vision statement talks about who we are, but I want you to see that it's more than who we are. I looked at this last week. I was sitting here during the service, and I started and I read, we exist. When you say we exist, that is a statement. Not only does it identify us, but this is, this is who we are and this is what we do. We exist. There's, there's a responsibility that when we say, oh, yeah, we exist to do that, there's a responsibility that comes to that, that it's not just that we learn it and be able to memorize it but it's who we are and it's direction for our church and it's, it's a direction from the Lord that we are supposed to execute on now. We're responsible to do what we know to do because it's been so beautifully put in front of us by our pastor and shared with us. It's what we execute on. It's, it's a call for action. It's not just a good service or something that makes us feel good. It's not, it's not those things. It's something that we move on. Habakkuk, this uh, verse here Habakkuk 2 and 2, it says, write the vision and make it plain so we can run. There's an action that comes to who we are. If we read about who we are and we find out direction from God, it's our responsibility to run and execute on what he's called us to do. We cannot be happy just to be who we are, but we have to be who we're supposed to be. James 1 and 22 says this, going to verse 23 and 24, says this, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away and immediately forgets who he is. It's time for us to do, it's time for us to run. Our, our vision, the, the, what I think is so cool about our, our vision and in Habakkuk when it talks about running, you see that it's obvious that there's supposed to be an effort that comes after the vision comes, and it's an effort. If you read into that, you can see that there's an effort, and it's calling us to do our best. It's calling us to move in, in action and do our best. Our vision is not a slogan. It's not. Uh, it melts in your mouth, not your hands. That's oh, that's M and M's. It's finger licking good. Oh, that's KFC. It's not just a slogan these, uh, our vision is not just a slogan. A slogan just identifies, oh yeah, that's Stratford Heights, but it's not a slogan. It's a vision. That means that there's movement that needs to be uh, put to it, and it's our direction. It's our orders. It's time for us to run. It's time for us to run, and that's how our whole Christian life is. Our whole Christian life is about running. We're surrounded by instruction from God that comes from our pastor, anointed words every week. We we hear the small voice of God. We read our word. And it's all this instruction that tells us where to go and how to go there. It's time for us to respond to it. God is not lacking. He's incredible. He's amazing. He's a provider. There's no lack inside of Him. So when we team up with Him, there's no need for us to sit around in the dark and wonder what the truth is. There's no need for us to wonder what it's all about. We don't have to wonder where we're supposed to be going. We don't have to fear about the future. We don't have to just ease along in neutral and just hope everything plays out right. We can run because he's given us instruction, and he is absolutely God. He's amazing. Paul said it like this, and, and I'm, let's shift it up into high gear here. Paul put it this way. What I appreciate so much is Paul is a great example of running, running his best. Philippians 3 and 12 says this, Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on. You see him running, doing his best. He says, I press on that I may lay hold of for that which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, pressing toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Jesus Christ. We see him running and doing his best. What I, what I thought was so cool about this is I got a picture of, you know, when you're when we're kids, maybe we play tag. Somebody tags you, and as soon as you tag somebody, you take off running before they can tag you. I see Paul in this way in this scripture. He says Christ had laid hold of him, and as soon as Christ laid hold of him, everything inside of him came alive, and he turned in love to know God and to find out why did you get a hold of me and he reached right back and went right after God and he runs after him and we see Paul's experience played out and we see the fruit of him doing his very best he had a a vision on his mind a mission on his mind I've got to execute on what God's called me to do we see him running and running and running and getting a hold of God and we see the fruit in his life Paul was a great runner so I have to ask you this question How are you running? How are you running? How are you taking what God's given you, the Word, His his instruction, your relationship with Him? How are you taking that? Are you at a slow pace, kind of walking around wondering? Are you not moving at all, or are you running after Him and, and, and wanting to reach Him? John 15 and 7 says this, beautiful scripture. It says, if you abide in me... And my words abide in you. You will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. This scripture is a beautiful representation of our lives interwoven with God's on a consistent basis. There's a dependence there. There's a a communion, a relationship that's built there. And you see this beautiful picture of unity. That's That's the... The snapshot of somebody that's after God and living for him and having a relationship with him. It says to abide. That means he's living there. The person is living there. The words are living inside of that person. That's the desire. That's the design of somebody that's running. It's a place where we can live in his presence, running to follow Christ with all of our efforts. What would your life look like if you were running with all that you had? What would the fruit of that connection that you have with God have in your life? Maybe it will look like Paul's. What would you discover about God himself going after him like that? Two more things I want to say. One is, is I can't imagine what that, what that's like from my life. When he spoke to me and he said, hey, you got to get this figured out, you know, you can't just be busy doing a bunch of stuff. You've got to have your priorities right. It touched my heart with that. I was like, I need to do better about making a concerted effort to know him. And I was so humbled that I was given the invitation that I can have something like that. What is the fruit of a life like that? What is the fruit of a life like yours, running, doing your best to know him, to seek him, and to keep him first in your life? What, what would that fruit look like? I believe it would be beautiful. But I, I'm touched in my heart to think, what would a church look like? If we, if we literally believe that, yes, this is a vision that God has given our church, and yes, he did anoint our, our pastor to give it. If we execute on this and do our best, what would a church look like? What kind of the move of God would be here if we embrace him first? What kind of move of God would be here if we loved one another and served and wanted to grow? This place would explode and there'd be people moving and we'd have to scramble. We'd have, you know what? We always have things that are good problems. Good problems are lots of people that show up on a Sunday. Man, we had a good problem. We didn't know where to set people. A church that follows the vision is gonna have a lot of good problems. That's just a side note. God is incredible. What would it look like? So I challenge you to follow, to execute on the vision. It's not just about... A slogan. It's not just something we say. But if we say we exist to do it, there's a call to action in that. And I want us all to respond to that today. But I want to do this for our pastor. I remember it's pastor appreciation. There's a lot of stuff we can say about the pastor and we already have. And it's basically already been said already what I want to say. But the pastor is incredible. He's there late at night, early in the morning. He worries about stuff, and you would never know it. He prays about stuff. He's up, I'm sure probably once a week he's up all night. At least one night a week he's probably up all night, all night long worried about getting ready to to do something. He's worried about, are you okay? He's taking to heart his position. He's incredible. He's a great man. There's nothing that he does that he's not trying to do his absolute best and, and, and there can be 99 that are fine, but he is more concerned about about one that maybe it wouldn't be fine. I could say a million things about it from personally, and trust me, I can make this thing really awkward real quick and tell you how much I appreciate our pastor. He's my friend, my hero. but I want to tell you this: Pastor, I love you thank you for everything that you do for me thank you for everything you do for everybody but what i want to thank you for most and what matters most is i want to thank you for being the greatest runner that i've that i've ever known you're the you are the person that loves god first that you you're like paul that you want to please god you want to know who he is and you want to please him and 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 do everything that you're called to do that's your number one goal is to please God and to love God first And you're showing us all How to run Amen Thank you for being a great pastor But, but thank you more For being a great runner If you stand with me Every head bowed, every eye closed, if you will. God always knows what to speak. He always knows what to say right in the right moment. He knows how to touch hearts. He knows how to just absolutely push past everybody's reason, all their defenses, all their everything they got going. God can speak right to your heart today, we want to give you an opportunity. We've felt the Lord. We know that He's here. We want to give you an opportunity to respond to God. If you don't have a relationship with God, if Jesus is not the Lord of your life, and you're kind of standing on the outside looking in, you you don't really know who God is. You don't really feel a challenge on your life outside of conviction and knowing that you need to make a change. If that's you today, I I would just let you know that God is extending His hand to you in love He's not here to condemn you or throw you out, but he's here to offer you a a sacrifice. His son that died for your sins. He wants you to accept that into your life. Throw throw your life on his, cry out to him and give him everything. If that's you today and you say, you know what, I I feel convicted. I feel a touch in my heart and I want to respond. I want to pray that prayer If that's you, we're going to pray it together. If you would, would you just raise your hand and say, yeah, I I want in on that prayer. I I want to pray a prayer like that. Is there anybody here today? Anybody at all? We've got one. There's two. Is there anybody else? It's your opportunity. There's three. Is there anybody else? anybody else okay there's four is there anybody else we want you to have your opportunity to get things right okay if you believe this in your heart it's not just words but if you believe it in your heart we're all going to say this prayer if you pray this prayer you're going to be saved your life is going to turn around there's going to be a difference God's going to speak to you and deal with you. Let's all pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we confess today that we're sinners, that we need a Savior, that we need to know who we really are, that we need to know your direction, and we're going to get that through a relationship Through Jesus Christ, our Savior, that we confess with our hearts and with our mouths. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's celebrate with these four. I'd ask the pastor and his family to come over, the church staff, maybe council. As we close, I want to pray for our pastor that he'll be blessed, family, whoever wants to come on. We're going to pray special blessings over the pastor. God will touch him and minister to him. And we're going to pray over you that we'll be challenged to respond to do our very best as our leader has responded to do his very best. We're going to commit today to follow his example. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you and praise you, God, for your gifts to our hearts and to our lives. Lord, you look for ways to help us and to bless us, and God, we thank you so much for our pastor, God, the the man that you've given us, the heart that you've given him, the anointing that you've given him, everything that you give him, Lord, we thank you for him, and God, we pray that you would give back. God, bless him and touch him today. Lord, minister to him and touch his life and pour into him every blessing, every favor. God, every gift that you want him to have, every bit of your strength. Lord, as he's given out, Lord, I pray that you give him back double fold, that you minister to him and anoint him and use him. God, to glorify you and you would use him to honor you. Lord, let him have opportunities to share. Lord, let him continue to open up. Lord, we pray that you protect him and heal him. God, minister to him, Lord. Let him feel refreshed and renewed in his body and in his life. God, I pray that you bless him as a man and bless him as our pastor. And Lord, most of all, Lord, I pray that you would bless him with your presence. And he would be led and guided by you in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray that you would touch him and minister to him today. And Lord, that not only as you have challenged him and he is running, At his very best. God, I pray that you would challenge us all, God, to put the priority on you, to follow you, and to do the very best that we can to know you and have relationship with you, and God, to touch you. Lord, I pray that you would help us, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, we want to know you, we want to have relationship with you, and I pray that you would anoint us and move in this house in the mighty name of Jesus. We give you praise and honor and glory in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. And amen. Let's appreciate our pastor. God is so faithful. We want to do this. First thing we want to do, we're going to give you a little bit of instruction. We want to let the pastor and his family go and enjoy the uh, festivities back in the gym. We want him to go and do that now. We're going to give him priority. You can talk next to, you, to your neighbor next to you. You can tell them how awesome they are. We want to dismiss the pastor and his family. Not, I should have given him the mic back. I guess. So... Kind of going to stagger things here. We want all of our uh, senior adults. We want to let. Let the pastor get back there first. See, we can't, we can't slow him down. Look, we can't get him to go back there. He's too busy being pastor. Everybody say, God bless you, pastor. We'll see you back in the gym. There you go. Awesome. All right, our senior adults, if you want to go next, We want you to have priority. The tables that are in the middle of the gym are for our senior adults. If you go in there, if you're younger and you sit down at the table and you're not a senior adult, everybody's going to look at you weird. We want our senior adults to go in next, sit at the tables in the middle of the gym.